right, man, we are so glad that we get to uh, give some money and support the orphanage there in the Philippines, and uh, it's fun to watch those kids and see their faces, and uh, we're just so thankful that we get that opportunity, and we're thankful to Harvesters Baptist Church in, um, in here in Ontario, and uh, we're just so glad that they have chosen to take that on and uh, get that thing going, and uh, we're so glad that we get to support that, and I uh, hope that's, that was a blessing to you. Well, would you take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4 with me? Philippians chapter 4, and we'll begin and continue our series on your course with joy, and it's so important that we have and, and think about these things, and uh, we really want to finish our course with joy. We still want to continue to move forward and uh, continue to trust the Lord uh, through these times. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you changed your mind? When was the last time you changed your mind? Some of us change our mind every four and a half seconds. Um, I think the uh, span, uh, attention span of a goldfish is like eight seconds or something like that, and most of us have less attention span than that. But um, there are many of us that change our minds very quickly and very often. Um, others of us, they don't, don't, don't change their minds for anything. Uh, you can convince them, you can try to put something in presented to them, uh, but they will not change their minds. So let me ask you again, when was the last time you changed your mind? When was the last time you changed your mind? And let me ask this question. What was it about? What did you change your mind about? Maybe drop that in the comments if you're comfortable doing so. Uh, what did you change your mind about? Maybe it was you changed your mind about what you were going to have for lunch today. I don't know. But maybe drop that in the comments. Um, but our minds are very interesting things. Um, you see, the mind is capable of thought. The mind is capable of thought, which is, um, I, I've tried to look up definitions of all of these different things, and it's just, and they just kind of go in a circle, but the mind is capable of thought, and then the mind processes those thoughts, and then brings those thoughts into action. So it thinks something, then it processes those thoughts and thinks, which ones of those thoughts should I act on, and then it brings those thoughts into actions. Actions, again, are also controlled by the mind. Your mind controls your movements. It tells your hands what to do. It tells your feet. It tells your body how to function. It controls every impulse, and it does that, we know, through the nerves. So how you think is how you will act. How you think is how you will act. And the Bible opens very clearly for us this verse, Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. How we think is how we're going to act, and how we think is who we are. So let me ask you again, when was the last time you changed your mind? If you have changed your mind, then your actions will change as well. If you have changed your mind, then your actions will change as well. You see, the Bible is designed to change our minds. Let me say that again. The Bible is designed to change our minds. We are born into this world with what's, what we call fleshly thinking, with a fleshly thinking mind. The Bible is designed to help us think spiritually. And so the Bible tells us that the flesh and the spirit are at enmity. They're against one another. They don't coexist. They are separate. And so the Bible trying to change our thinking from flesh to spiritual. 
It is designed to teach us the mind of Christ. And in fact, uh, if you remember this, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the Bible says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we have a certain mind, but let this mind be in you because it was also in Christ Jesus. And so it's designed to change our mind for us. Again, God created us. He designed us. He knows exactly how we function. He knows every impulse. He knows our mind. But the Bible says, who can know the mind of Christ except those who are spiritual? And so we need to have these spiritual thoughts. And that's where the Bible comes in. Jesus Christ, God designed us. He knows everything. He knows what will bring us joy. He knows what will bring us joy. And so we must adopt his way of thinking. We must even adopt his way of thinking about current events. We must adopt his way of thinking about current events. This morning, I would like to be very pointed today about our thoughts and how our thoughts correspond to current conditions. Some of this will come from things that I have learned the hard way. I hate learning things the hard way. I really do. I enjoy learning things from books and people and all kinds of different things. But I hate learning things the hard way. And so some of this will come from that. And I hope it will be a help to you. But again, let me be very pointed. Let me be very clear this morning. COVID-19 has robbed many of us of our joy. There will be many other things besides COVID-19 that rob us of our joy. There will be all kinds of things that will come and go And that will change and adapt our joy. It's going to happen. This is not the first time. This is not the last time. But Paul gives us some very specific principles to help us keep our joy all the time. Some very specific principles to help us keep our joy all the time. So let's look at it. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Verse 2, I beseech Eudeus and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. In verse 4 he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into this. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that you've allowed us to be here. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity at joy. But Father, it is our responsibility to claim that joy. It is our responsibility to run our course with joy. And it begins in our mind. I pray that you would help us to think on the proper things today. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for staying with us never leaving us nor forsaking us. Father, we pray that you would give us a great day today. Help us to have your joy and help it to be full in us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach to you a message this morning that I've simply entitled, Your Thoughts Control Your Joy. 
your thoughts control your joy. Paul opens this chapter by reminding us to think about other people. If you'll notice in the first three verses, he talks about those people dearly beloved and longed for my joy and my crown. And then he speaks specifically to Eudeus and to Syntyche and says, listen, you two need to be of the same mind. And then he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. And so help those people. Look, see those people. Have a positive perspective of people we looked at that in the first week but then he takes the time also to remind us again to rejoice in the lord always and he says to rejoice again and again i say rejoice i love this because he says when you think you've rejoiced enough When you think you've jumped up and down enough and praised God enough, listen, do it again. Do it again. Keep rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. But I want to jump past that and look at verse 5. And I want to show you a few things that will help us in our current conditions to control our thoughts and give us joy. Look at verse 5 with me. The Bible says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So number one, I want to give you very simply this morning a calm clarity. A calm clarity. I want you to understand this this morning. Maybe if you agree with me in this, maybe you can hit the like button down there. Uh, Spam the like button. Here we go. Every single one of us is an extremist. Think about that. Every single one of us is an extremist. You may or may not agree with that. Our initial thoughts on a subject are usually to one of the extremes. Let me say that again. Our initial thoughts on a subject are usually to one of the extremes. Again, Let me be very pointed with you this morning. With COVID, most of us would classify it as a plandemic or a pandemic. Those are the two extremes. Most of us initially landed on one of those two extremes. We chose our sides in our minds. We chose our sides. Oh, this is a farce or oh my goodness, this is going to go crazy. This is typical of humans though. We are extremists in every sense of the word. What side of the coin we end up on is almost always emotional. How we end up there, and again, it's immediately, we often make immediate decisions based on emotion. How are we feeling in the moment? How were we raised? All of these things. Very rarely is our immediate immediate decision making based on facts. So again, you think back to COVID. When you first heard about COVID, what did you think? Where were you? What what extreme were you on? Was it based on facts or was it based on emotion? Now, I want you to understand this. This is natural and it's okay. And immediately, initially, you end up on an extreme, but as you gain more facts, maybe you land somewhere else. Our natural minds often, though, dwell on such extremes. Our natural minds dwell on the extremities. We, we dwell on those things, and before, no, before long, guess what we're doing? We're making our extremes known to all men. We're making our extremes known before all men. Let me ask you this question. What happens when we make our extremes known before all men? 
What happens when we make our extremes known before all? Can anyone testify to this? Can anyone testify to making your extremes known to all men? Listen, let me give you one example. Facebook. That makes extremes known to all men. Social media is perfect for that. Let me ask you this question. Does it create joy or does it create contention? What does it do? You answer that. That is your answer. We have the opportunity to see this firsthand, me and my family. But we, we posted something and we, we took a side, so to speak, and we got some flack for that. And listen, it did not create joy in me, and it did not create joy in my wife, and it did not create joy in other people. It created great contention. But this is when we started to do things wrong and when our joy began to leave us. I don't know if I can truly psychologically explain it, but when we come to a calm middle ground, there is usually great clarity and exceeding joy. When we come to a calm middle ground, there is usually great clarity and exceeding joy. Now, I want to give a slight caveat here. Where the Bible is clear, we need to be clear. Where the Bible draws the line, that's where we need to draw the line. Where the Bible is silent, we also should be silent. Every one of us have run into well-rounded, well-balanced, calm people, haven't we? Every one of us has. Guess what we say about them when we leave them? You know what we say? Oh, that was refreshing. Refreshing to be around someone who's a calm, well-rounded, well-balanced person. So let me ask you this question. How can we have this calm clarity? How can we have this calm clarity? Well, if you look with me again in verse 5, the Bible says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. Look what he says at the end of this verse. He says, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Listen, if I reach out my hand, that's not very far. Not very far in front of me. Maybe two, three feet. Listen, the Lord is at hand. He's at the end of my hand. He is near. I just have to reach out my hand and he's there with me. Not only is he near, guess what? He's in control. He's got the whole world in his hands. We sing that song, maybe it's a kid's song. Listen, I don't have to worry or be in control over other people. Let me say that again because that's important. I don't have to worry and I don't have to be in control of other people. The only thing that I have to worry about, the only thing that I have to be in control is myself and myself and my response to God's control over everything. Listen to that again. The only thing that I need to worry about is myself. And how I respond to my God being in control over everything. You know what the Bible calls this? The Bible simply calls this temperance. Self-control. It's it's a part of the fruit of the Spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. And then the last one is temperance. Listen, I can give you all kinds of recent examples. Obviously, COVID. We can take the Black Lives Matter movement, controversy, the U.S. election controversy. Listen, there's all kinds of different controversies in these things. But listen, when we realize that the Lord is in control, there's a calm clarity. There's a calm middle ground in which we go, you know what? The Lord is at hand. He's near me. He's in control. He can take care of this situation. My responsibility is just to do right in response to God's control. Seriously, 
as we look at all of these areas, COVID, Black Lives Matter, U.S. election, and the list could go on and on and on. Let me ask you, are we going to come up with our own conclusions? Yes, every one of us are. Every single one of us are going to come to our own conclusions. We're going to make up our own minds. And guess what that will do? That will determine our actions. But listen to what the Bible says in verse 5 again. Let your moderation be known to all men. We must have a calm clarity. We must have a calm clarity. Wherever we end up, we need to let our moderation be known to all men because that's what brings joy. That's what brings joy. Why Why can we have that position? Why can we take that calm, clear position? It's because the Lord is at hand. When you're trusting in God, when you're leaning upon him, when you're leaning upon his everlasting arms as we often sing in church, man, there's a calm clarity. It's like being in the eye of a storm. Everything's going on crazy around you, but it's so calm in the inside because of the hand of God. And again, because the Lord is at hand, because he's near, because he's in control, we see, second of all, absent anxiety. Absent anxiety. Look at verse 6. The Bible says this, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That word careful, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. It's don't be anxious about anything. We're, we're often careful about how we move forward and often careful about different things in our lives. And it has been said that anxiety is worrying about the future. Anxiety is worrying about the future. But listen, worrying about the future, listen, will suck the joy right out of your life. Worrying about the future. Worrying about the future will suck the joy out of your life. Listen to what worry is. Worry is described as allowing one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. Worry is described as allowing one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. I want you to understand this. There is a difference between worry and planning. There is a difference. Planning is planning for the future. Every one of us needs to plan for the future. But when we worry about it, when we dwell upon it, when we only can think of the difficulties, let me give you this. When we concentrate on all of the obstacles in this life, the obstacles become enormous and impassable. When we dwell on the obstacles in this life, and there are many, the obstacles become enormous and impassable. But when you concentrate on all of the opportunities in this life, the obstacles become minuscule and they're easily overcome. Henry Ford said it this way, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't. Listen, I gave the example uh, earlier on when my uncle would say, when you lifting weights, if you think you can lift it, you can lift it. Get up there, step up, lift that thing. So as we approach current events, as we approach different things that are going to happen in our life, it is imperative that we be anxious, that we be careful of nothing, that we be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious. 
Don't be careful. You might be saying, Pastor Yomans, how in the world can I do that? How in the world can I get to that point? I mean, I'm constantly, I, I have anxiety. I'm struggling. I don't know how to get past this. I, I can't just leave it. Look at the end of verse 6. The second part of verse 6, really. Be careful for nothing. But, watch now, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Watch this. Let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. You can never stop thinking about the future. Let me say that again. It's okay. You can never stop thinking about the future. Listen, if you're an anxious person, all you can think about is the future and what's going to happen tomorrow and all of these different things that are going on in your life and that's all you can think about. Listen, you can never stop thinking about it. But here's the thing. You can never not have concerns about what is going to happen. But if you realize and believe that the Lord is at hand, then guess what you'll do? You'll take your concerns to him. Listen, there are things going on in my life right now that I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. I don't know how it's going to work out. But guess what? And, and to be honest, I can't stop thinking about it. Guess what? The Lord is at hand. And I'm going to let my requests be made known unto him. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 gives it to us this way. Casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. You know what you do? You come to him. You come to him and you realize, God, I know who you are. I know you are almighty. I know you are everywhere. I know you know everything. I'm coming to you. I realize who you are. I'm coming to you in the awe of your power and awesomeness. Realizing that I can't do it. We worship him. Guess what we begin to do when we realize who God is and he's at hand? We begin to lay our requests upon him. Something like this. God, I have no idea what is ahead of me. I have no idea how to handle what is ahead of me. To be quite honest, it scares me to death. I have no idea even if I can handle what is ahead. But I want you to notice There it says, with thanksgiving. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I don't know, God, if I can handle it, but God, I know you can handle it. I know you are in control of this whole situation. Thank you for your power in my life. And if you've been a Christian or if you've known God for any amount of time, no doubt you have a little bit of history with God. And if you don't have history with God, can I challenge you and encourage you this morning, step out by faith. Step out and trust God. Cast your care upon him. Let your requests be made known unto God. God, I know you're powerful in my life. I know you've been there for me. I know you will be there for me. You've said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Be thankful for God. And simply ask him this. Will you show me how to live in these current situations? These current conditions of my life. Very simply, we just take them to God and we cast them on them, 
cast them on him, excuse me, and we leave them there. Let me say that again. And we leave them there. I know so many people. I had somebody say that to me this week. I can cast my care upon God, but before I get up off my knees, I'm grabbing them back. Listen, when you cast your care on God, you've got to leave it there. You've got to give it to him. Let your requests be made known. Talk to God. Let him know that. He will give that to you. The verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen to me. When you cast your care upon God and you leave it there, absent anxiety. Completely absent anxiety. It's gone because there's a peace. No more worrying. No more fretting. Peace of God when you cast it to him. Let me ask you this question and maybe you ask this. How do we leave those things there? You say, Pastor Yomans, that's so important that I leave them with God, but how do I do that? How do we truly experience joy in the midst of some crazy problems? Well, I want, to, I want you to see number three. That's very simply just this, true thoughts. True thoughts. Philippians chapter four, verse eight. The Bible says this. Finally, my brother, finally brethren, excuse me. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. He says this, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Listen, how do I leave it there? I don't go back and think about them. I start thinking about something else. The Bible is very clear that we ought to have a, what's called the principle of replacement. If I want to stop eating unhealthy, what do I do? I replace it with healthy food. I don't just stop eating. That would end up in death. And you, it's very difficult to do that. You replace it with something. Spiritually, the same thing. When we're thinking poor thoughts and we're anxious and we're hurried and you know, just struggling with the future, not knowing what to do, we think on these things. What things? Let's, let's run through them. Think on things that are true. Things that are true. Let me ask you this. What is true? What is true? Let's get specific. What is true about COVID? What is true about COVID? Well, all of us would say this. The, or some of us would say this. Excuse me. The government is trying to control us all. Let me ask you this. Do you know that for sure? No, you don't. Think about that. What about this? The virus is going to kill everyone it comes into contact with. Let me ask you this. Do you know that for sure? No. So let me tell you this. Don't think about that. Don't think about that. Don't think about the government's trying to control us all. And don't think about the virus is going to kill us all. Here's what you think about. What do we know for sure? What do we know is true? Here's what I know is true. God is in control. I'm happy with that. I'm joyful in that. Listen, I don't have to worry about the government because God is in control of the government. I don't have to worry about a virus because God is in control of the virus. What is true? Facebook is not going to tell you what's true. 
Your friends are not going to tell you what's true. They're going to tell you what the opinion is. Listen, God is true. God is in control. Don't, don't let these things rob your joy. Find that calm middle ground. God's in control. Not only do we find out what things are true, what's over things are honest. Let me get very personal with you. Maybe you've said this before. Well, she thinks this about me. Let me ask you, do you know that for sure? Do you know that she or he or whoever thinks that about you? Did they say that to your face? No, they probably didn't. So guess what? Don't think about that. Think about the truth. I am supposed to have a positive perspective on people. And when I'm thinking evil of another person, that they think evil of me, we're we're, we're stealing our joy. It's not honest. And sometimes I think we need to get honest with ourselves and ask ourselves, what are we trying to accomplish really? What are my honest motives? Maybe I've got something wrong with that, so I think that she thinks something. And so I'm going to, I don't like her already, so I'm going to make up in my mind something so that I don't have to like her. Because she likes me. And we we begin this game. Listen, it's not honest. Be honest with yourself. What are your pure motives? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, we continue. Whatsoever things are just. Again, we're all extremists. We're all extremists. Which often means that we are unfair. Have you ever been unfair with anybody? Have you ever lost it on someone? Just completely off the handle. Most of the time, that's unfair, right? I mean, any other situation, man, if I wasn't in that mood at that time, I probably wouldn't have flown off the handle. But we do it all the time. So we're often quick to put someone down. Listen, when you immediately want to put someone's character down, man, I don't like that person. They did this and they did that. Listen, when you immediately think that, don't think like that. Catch yourself. Think justly. Man, what's true about them? What's honest? That's bringing those things into a calm clarity. Continue. He says, whatsoever things are pure. Pure. Let me just simply give you this. Clean thoughts. Clean thoughts. Don't let your mind play around in the mud. Don't let your mind play around in the mud. When your mind wants to think things that are against God, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says, cast them down. Don't think things against God. Don't think impure thoughts. Don't have doubt. Think pure thoughts. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Let me ask you this. This is a challenging thought to me. How lovely are your thoughts? Let me ask that again. How lovely are your thoughts? Many of us haven't been too lovely on our faces. You look at somebody, I know it's difficult with masks these days, but you can still see in their eyes. Some people just don't look lovely, do they? Maybe that's you. Let me ask you, how are your thoughts? When we are tempted to think evil against someone, as we've already said, don't think like that. Think lovely, friendly, kind things about them. It's so easy. Listen, I'm here to tell you, it's so easy to think evil. It's so easy to think unlovely. 
But just like we can put a smile on our face, let's put a smile in our thoughts and think lovely things. And he finishes, whatsoever things are of good report. Again, when you want to trash someone because of something you heard about them, you think that it's true because you heard it from, quote, a reliable source. (laughs) Don't think like that. Don't do it. Think about things that bring about a good reputation. Think about things that are a good, basically give people the benefit of the doubt. Think about things that are of good report. He finishes the verse like this. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Listen, if there's anything good and right in you at all, the Bible says that none of us are good and right, but we have Jesus Christ. Listen. Jesus Christ is good and right. So if there be any virtue, if there's any chivalry left in this world, think on these things. Think on these things. Listen, I'm almost sickened by what our entire world has become. Extremists on both sides, infighting, hurting, just anger, no joy, none, very little You know what we often say? These are dark days. Why? Because there's no joy. When we think of joy, we think of sunshine, bright, cheerful. We have no joy when we're extreme and infighting. But he says, if there's any chivalry left, if, if chivalry is not dead, if there's any virtue, if there's any righteousness in you, if there's any good in you through Jesus Christ, think on things true. Honest, pure, lovely, all those things. He says this, if there be any praise, if there's anything commendable in this world, again, this goes back to the positive perspective. Listen, what's your perspective? If there be any praise, is there anything good to think about or is it all negative? I mean, do we have food on our table? Yes, we do. Hey man, that's something to praise about. That's true, that's honest, that's lovely. Think on these things. Let me give this to you again. Your thoughts control your joy. Your thoughts control your joy. My challenge to every person today is this. Allow the Bible to change your thoughts. Allow the word of God to change your extreme fleshly, worrisome thoughts. The thoughts that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely. Why? Why? Because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. He's right here. He's right next to us. He's just a hand's reach away. He's in control. He's got the whole world in his hands. Oh, you might look at it and go, I don't see how he could have it. He does. God's got this thing. He knows what's going on. And all we have to do is please him. That's it. These things write I unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Abide in him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Listen, if you don't know Jesus today, If you've never trusted him, I want you to know that he came to this earth 
2,000 years ago, came to save us from our sin. He came to give us joy unspeakable and full of glory. He came to give us that. A life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. Listen, it may never be on this earth, but he said, you can have everlasting life. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, I want to introduce you to Jesus today. And if you've never accepted him, you must know that he came to die for your sins. Our sins condemn us to hell. We've all sinned. We've all lied. That's a sin. Because of that sin, we deserve to die and go to hell, the Bible says. That's the bad news. Nobody likes that part. That's the truth. But here's also truth. The good news is Jesus Christ paid that debt for us. And all you have to do is receive what the Bible calls the free gift. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. His gift of salvation. Simply ask for it. He's there. It's just an arm's reach away giving it to you. All you have to do is receive. If there's anything we can do to help you with that, we'd love to help. I want you to know Jesus. And if you already know Jesus and you've lost your joy, maybe we need to get refocused and introduce ourselves back to Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Listen, so easy to get caught up in what's going on in our world. So easy to get thought up in, caught up in our opinions and our, our thoughts. But listen, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, oh, I can just feel pleading. And I plead to you today, think on these things. Your thoughts control your joy. I hope this will be a help to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity to have this time where we can think, set our minds again on things above, not on things on this earth. Think about the kingdom. Think about what you want in our lives. Think about your will and your way. I pray that our thoughts would be established and we would act upon those things. Father, your will would be done in our lives. If there's one listening that does not know you as personal Savior, then I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today they would find out what that is. Know you personally. Father, for the rest of us who often lose our joy because of what's going on around us, help us to rejoice in you. You're at hand. You're in control. Just help us to do right in the midst of it. We pray all these things in your name.